Today on the Forgiven Nutritionist podcast, I had the pleasure to talk with Dr. Balchi from Amen Clinics. Originally from Turkey, Dr. Balchi is a psychiatrist that received a scholarship to study abroad in Milan, Italy. She then completed her residency at the esteemed Mayo Clinic, where she also taught for five years, followed by a fellowship training in behavioral neurology and neuropsychiatry. She is also board certified in lifestyle medicine. She is now at Amen Clinics, where she adopts a whole person approach and helps people identify the factors that affect their well-being. We had a wonderful discussion about overall health, and she compares the body to a vehicle, and you are the driver. She suggests that we focus on nurturing ourselves for overall health. Here's a clip from today's show. This is again, this is solid medical scientific literature built up over the years that we have six pillars. What are those? Nutrition, exercise, sleep. Everybody knows that, but it is it is important to, to see that it is it is confirmed, along with stress management substance use, social connection. So when do, what, what do you think that? It, it all makes sense, but the thing is that common sense is not common practice, right? Hey everyone, just a quick break to show some gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. If you are looking for a trustworthy place to choose all of your supplements, Fullscript has 285 different brands to choose from. They did the work for you to check quality standards for all the supplements they carry. These standards are important because they help to ensure a product is safe, effective, and accurately labeled. Fullscript uses third-party companies to provide unbiased assurance that certain quality criteria are met when they add a company or product to their inventory. When you set up an account with Fullscript, use my link and you'll always get 15% off your supplements. Good morning. Today we'll be talking about the six pillars of um, medicine and definitely talking a lot about the brain and depression. Um, so why don't you tell my listeners uh, how you ended up doing what you're doing and also how you ended up at Amen Clinics. I kind of projected upcoming 50 years planning for my life. So I said it should be psychiatry and United States where the pioneers are. So I will go to the United States. So that's how I came to the United States and how I ended in psychiatry. So I got into, uh, I started my residency at Georgetown University, then uh, transferred to uh, Mayo Clinic, and fantastic places, great mentors, and I was about to graduate, I realized, I don't know much about the brain, and what I really wanted to do was not happening. I really didn't understand what, what was happening, that our psychiatric visits were deduced to 15 minutes med checks, you know, the med check, and I said, it is all I am. Then I got into fellowship, so I decided that I need to learn more about the brain. Uh, so I did a fellowship, two years fellowship at Mayo Clinic Florida in behavioral neurology and neuropsychiatry. There, it's behavioral neurology and neuropsychiatry is a, is a very comprehensive field that it could go from, you know, cognitive disorders to dementia, and we were seeing more dementia patients than behavioral functional uh, patients. So that was not what I had in mind, but, but it, it helped me so much to uh, deepen my knowledge, my experience, expertise in brain diseases. Then I became faculty at the Mayo Clinic, started teaching as well. And it was really good, but I always had this, I need to do more, just, you know, psychotherapy and medication management we ended up, but if the, the, the whole body is not overall healthy, how can the brain be healthy? And mm -hmm. it was more, the orientation was disease than, than health. So I always thought that we should focus on health and trying to get healthy in every meaning of the word and find a purpose for the person and all those will be byproduct as we are moving forward to a fulfilling healthy life for my patients people so i wanted to show that and uh, in academia so i i was offered a position at the university of minnesota where great 
research scientists, uh, clinical clinician scientists were working on different aspects of this. I hope that we could do this together. My dream was, wasn't coming to fruition there. So I said, okay, who does what in the field? And I remember while I was a fellow at, at the Mayo Clinic, when I was sharing with the patient that, you know, how limited we are in, in the field of psychiatry, that we are not even looking at the, at the organ that we are treating, and this should be a whole comprehensive approach and for X, Y, and Z. And then the patient said, you sound awful a lot like this California psychiatrist, Dr. Amen. Do you, do you know anything about it? At was a time I've never, I had never heard about Dr. Dr. Amen at the time. And I said, oh, this is, this is great. Why we are not taught this during these, you know, during our education? But I, I really wanted to stay in academia and show that in academic language that this is how things should go. I believe academia will catch up. The thing is that for various of reasons that are out of the scope of this uh, podcast, that things are much slower and there's a lack between what's happening in the, in the lab or experiment environment and what's happening clinically. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I will, I will join the Amen family. If so I sent my CV to uh, Dr. Eamon, and here I am. That's wonderful, yes. Um, and I remember when I first heard um, uh, years ago Dr. Eamon say that it's the only field where nobody looks at the organ that they're t- trying to treat. And that to me was revelation, you know, a, a huge revelation. I never had thought about that because for years I had suffered with depression and anxiety, and it never once dawned on me either as a patient that why isn't the doctor trying to look at it? You know, you just assume that um, they know certain things and you have to, you trust them, um, which is great that you should always definitely trust your doctor, but at the same time, uh, there's a lot of things that um, they can do, uh, especially nowadays. You know, of course, 20 and 30 years ago, it wasn't the same but as it is today, but yeah, it, definitely looking at the brain is interesting. Uh, and we can definitely talk a little bit about that today, too. <laughs> Absolutely. The thing is that it is not that no psychiatrist is looking into the brain. They are at the academic and research settings. But it is not, again, the translation to clinical settings for various of reasons that are, again, is very complex and beyond the scope of this talk today that there is a, there is a tremendous delay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I'm, I'm glad that there are people like you who are um, on board and willing to look and, and reach out and, and hopefully other um, patients or clients or people that are out there that are listening to this podcast for the first time, um, maybe that'll spark a little interest with them too to kind of think and take pause with their current treatment and maybe think, okay, what can I be doing more to maybe help myself and get my brain and heal my brain um, to get a little bit better as well. The mind is directly linked to the, the organ is the mm-hmm. brain. Then we need to start working from there. And uh, there are different approaches and, and there still are, even in the, in the field. And amongst people that thinking mind is a completely separate issue than the brain. Mm-hmm. So, so in that regard, I'm, I'm more of a physicalist that cognition, you know, the wonderful uh, part of being a human, what makes us human, is a product of the brain. And now some of the scientists took it all the way to the extreme that everything is right here, right now, and it's all behavior. There is no such other things that study this. So it may... And, the dance between psychiatry and neurology, whenever we found the reason for causality for whatever we are seeing, as soon as it became physical, neurologists claim it's more of a territorial realm there. So no wonder people think that mind is this abstract idea and there is no way to look into that. 
We're not <laughs> looking into the mind. We're looking into the brain, the physical organ, output of which is the mind, behavior, feelings, right. and thoughts. Yes, definitely. And one of my favorite things that you had um, said uh, today, a couple things actually, is that um, people sometimes focus on the disease and not health. And I can tell you that for years, myself included, when I uh, had suffered from depression and anxiety, um, I was given that diagnosis and I kind of just sank into it and accepted it. And I didn't ever think that there was change possible rather than focusing on possibly the health that I could have, I was focused on the disease that I was given. And so I kind of just accepted that for 35 or plus years. And, um, you know, and, and then I finally decided to take my own health into control and take back some of the control that I had no idea that I had lost, you know, and, and that's when I really started to change and everything. Um, because uh, one of the other things you also mentioned is that how chronic di disease can be reversed. And people don't really think about that. They, I think, think that when they're given a diagnosis that they're stuck with it. And I'm not saying that everything can be reversed or everything can be drastically improved, but um, you've got to start somewhere and you're going to be no worse off than you are now. You know, and I'd, I'd rather help my clients and um, hope people reach out to people like you so they can find their own health and, and struggle going back to being healthy instead of stuck in their, in their chronic disease and their illness, whatever the condition is. Absolutely, absolutely. And it is not lack of education, I would say. It is lack of, let's put it, lack of awareness and mm -hmm. responsibility. I like that instead of responsibility, it's just like able to respond, responsibility, not mm -hmm. responsibility. We have a response here, but what is it? We need right. to rethink. So it's not something that I, I, I created, but I like playing around the words. It's very important, and, and the thing is that medicine, it kind of served both ends, you know. Mm -hmm. Then we became, we, when I say we, the doctors, okay, I tell you what to do. And the notion, don't forget, you know, we are information and access to information has changed tremendously. We missed this part. Mm -hmm. You know, and not long ago, we just, internet just came to our lives. Chat GPT is completed. I am, you know, any, anyone over 40 who, you know, which I am, that I remember the handheld phones, landlines, and getting in. So, tremendous change. Yes. So, and now people have information, but practice stay. States that we are creatures of habits, and doctors had that privilege access to information, kept doing things the way they were doing, and it was kind of convenient for the patient. Doctor, tell me what. It's always easier to follow directions than make your own decisions. It's true for all of us. Yes, so very true. Does that make sense? It's, 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 it, it was kind of win-win in, in both ways. Now that there are, and it, it, things are changing, people started making, uh, taking ownership one's life, then deciding, you know, recognizing who that person is and what they want out of this life makes a tremendous change in terms of healthcare in anything. Mm -hmm. we, yes. are, we are living our lives as reactioners. Then once we started taking action, then we will ask our, why would I do that? What is in it for me? But they were not asking. So Doc says, go, even though I do this, do not do this, come back in three months and, and just following. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the six pillars of lifestyle medicine? Because I think that that might be a little bit um, eye-opening to some people too. There, there's some good action steps that they can take as well to taking back some of their own health. Um, so why don't you go over some of those with us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lifestyle. So there, there are you know, different uh, branches of medicine. Lifestyle medicine 
after you know all this disease-oriented uh, hospital and disease-oriented practice of hospital practice in hospital settings, disease-oriented medical practice, and we were like with the revenue generation, doctors were doctors have been burned out. That and we got into medicine. Most of us, I I don't to help and heal people, but what we ended up doing most recently, making people less sick for various of reasons that again, beyond the scope of, but, but one thing that I could tell you, if you are healthy enough, the insurance will, company will not cover for X, Y, Z. So those kind of things. If you mm -hmm. don't have 10 plus or N, N plus diagnoses, then it won't cover. So lifestyle medicine, it's just cumulative medical literature, cumulative science knowledge that what what helps people. And then 90, 85 to 90, about 90% of chronic disease is proven to be able to reverse, treat and prevent, treat and reverse by lifestyle interventions. And what are those? And this is again, this is, solid medical scientific literature build up over the years that we have six pillars. What are those? Nutrition, exercise, sleep. Everybody knows that, but it is, it is important to, to see that it is, it is confirmed, along with stress management, substance use, social connection. So when do, what, what do you think that? It, it all makes sense, but the thing is that common sense is not common practice. Let's start with nutrition, since you mentioned that one first. Um, that's, I think, sometimes what people automatically just jump to. Um, and one of the things that I work with uh, my clients, um, I study integrative nutrition. Um, so that, again, is definitely the food on your plate. Um, but it also encompasses many things that are very similar to the six pillars of lifestyle medicine, where it encompasses, you know, social connections. What kind of home life do you have? Um, your spiritual health and financial health. It's it's more than just the food on your plate. It's all these other this other food, as well. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what kind of foods um, do they recommend, um, or do you try to stick with and gear most people towards? Or, and at the same token, what kind of foods do you try to steer people clear of, at least at the beginning? What I wanted to point out, listening to you, maybe we can make a suggestion about, you know, it should be nutrition, maybe nurture would be the word, as a non yes. that I would recommend that, right? Nurture, because nurturing, not only chemical, biological nurturing, but social, spiritual, and spiritual, we can talk about more of existential being, purpose, nurturing and social nurturing, right? I believe nurture, I would make a suggestion that nurture would be the word and then it would cover it all, I believe. What do you think? Oh, I love that. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm going I to use that. that. I will give you credit for coming up with that. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm a believer that, you know, I'm a true believer in cumulative knowledge of humanity. Nobody does it. No man is an island. And that is fantastic that I really love living this day and time that, that we are building up and I'm facing tremendous knowledge and we are all building up what has already been done. So like we are standing in, on the shoulders of giants. Actually, I always feel like we are standing on the shoulders of humanity. We are together in this. I'm, that, that's my spirit, spirituality is that do, what, does, the, does one believe they partake in something greater than they are. Yes. And could be orchestrated by God, or higher power, or not, or just equality. For me, I'm, I'm an all-welcomer, but it's just all, all in all, are we in this together or not? If we feel like we're partaking, that's a spirituality. Lifestyle medicine, uh, you know, that I'm board-certified lifestyle medicine physician, and, and they're very particular because, again, we are, that life, lifestyle medicine practice is purely based on the most recent scientific data. And on that, 
whole food, obviously, mm -hmm. but more plant-based, if actually full vegan, uh, is recommended. And we say eat a rainbow. Mm -hmm. All those antioxidant uh, phenols and, and that kind. So that will be the that will be the approach. But what what I've realized more and more, and we all know that you know uh, healthy fats, now added sugars, and then even right. overall, what I'm I I would love to share my personal uh, experience. Actually, how I got more and more interest. I've I've realized along the way that this is a sacred vehicle. I always say the human body is a sacred vehicle for our being mm -hmm. and and i've realized along the way that i will like i will seeing you know people after a certain age using walkers and how how humanity changes how we use our body is not aware of this this fact that how um careless if you will along mm -hmm. the way but, but it's we're much, we're much more, at least I am, I don't know everyone, cautious with our cars, our, our uh, vehicles that, that to which we have so many alternatives. And so realizing that, I, we, need to, we need to take a better care of it. And the sooner one, one recognizes that, the more time they have to build on. But earlier in life, you know, we can put, you know, however weight, weight, not only, you know, like weight being um, body weight, but whatever we put on, it's a, it's a younger vehicle and it carries without much difficulty. But as we, but body keeps score, right? So yeah. along the way, when we most need it, there comes the problems, chronic pain, and when you're in chronic pain, you cannot, you know, when your body is not feeling comfortable, when the vehicle is comfortable, not comfortable, and you, you're stuck in it, there is no full body transplantation possible as of now, how could your journey be comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. So my being psychiatrist is actually along the way, I forgot to mention that I just did not want to be only the doctor to the vehicle, but I said, somebody needs to talk with the driver too, you know, the, the mind, so that not only the doctor to the vehicle and the driver, but that separation, you know, it's okay if you're a surgeon that you focus on and you're very technical and wonderful. Thank you very much for our great surgeons, great friends that you know, you can focus on, you don't need to deal with the driver unless you're a neurosurgeon and at the end you have to at least check with the driver if he's still there, he or she. But other than that, you can completely focus on, like in a vehicle, that focus on whatever you, the, the vehicle, vehicle, the body was brought to you and you're done. But if you are a doctor who would like to, it's just more of it, more of internist that, that comfort of journey is becomes important to you and you are there with them throughout the journey then you start thinking about it so my my personal uh, experience with that as a medical doctor and having you know had this uh, eclectic uh, background having training three countries, multiple states, right? That I said, I found it medical knowledge. And I was, you know, I, I'm, I'm a former athlete and I was doing my, uh, you know, regular, semi-regular exercising, that kind of thing. And I started gaining weight after my 30, you know, I said slowly. And I was just saying, for me, I was eating healthy, you know, I'm just, you know, healthy, healthy fats. And then, watching out my carbohydrate intake, that kind of thing, but slowly, just very insidious. I said, what is going on? And I realized that, again, how I am, as a medical doctor, inclined to, you know, nobody taught me, basically. So as a medical doctor, nobody, I've never had good understanding of how much my body needs. It's like going back to vehicle analogy that, 
you have a car and you don't know what fills the tank. Mm-hmm. First, we need to start there. Then the quality. I believe we missed that part. We just overfill our tanks, basically. That's what I realized. Without and then thinking that okay, I get I give it good quality fuel. Well, mm-hmm. too much of a good thing may be a bad thing at times, right? At the yes. time I need to get to the bottom of this. But I was so busy with residency and everything, but I'm at least I had that kind of awareness. You you must have seen so many doctors who are who are struggling themselves with healthy life habits, correct? Yes, definitely. Absolutely. And the reason is that because we are trained in the disease, we are great in keeping people alive in the ICU by IV nutrition. We can calculate how much of this, this, you know, carbs, lipid, and what kind of solution that we need to start the IV running and what would be the uh, infusion speed. We are great at that. But when it comes to, hey, how much do I need? And what would be the quality? It wasn't there. So I just studied that. And, and, and actually, a non-doctor friends of, friend of mine who was very into you know, healthy living said, hey, guys, I, I did this. And this is how you calculate your uh, overall daily caloric need. And if you'd like to make you know, 3,500 calorie uh, equals to one pound. So if you want to, so it's just, there's calculation, basically. Mm-hmm. So until then, I was not watching that. And I realized that when I started watching, I, I every day, and again, guys, whomever, the audience, I'm not asking you to be this disciplined from the get-go, but just know that it's just, A, we don't know what fills our tank. Mm-hmm. B, our tank gets smaller as we grow older. But we eat more because we have more time and access to food. So it's a double down. Then we will talk about the quality of the fuel. But if you put bad fuel and too much of it, don't expect a comfortable journey, basically. So after doing so, I used, is that all right to give app names or something that, that changed my life, actually, to start measuring and monitoring what I was doing? Now, sure. I, I use the, you know, I just use the um, my fitness pal just to oh. enter anything and everything that I put into my mouth. I weigh it, and then put the calories, and then certain macro, and that I would recommend more protein than carbs than fat, and the quality of it, like uh, in, in in the quality of it that we already. Then we can talk about the quality, but first we need to hit those. Then about eight weeks, I did not put anything without passport, you know, like, like as an immigrant, you know, like customs and border protection, everything I put down. And that's how I learned, oh my goodness, what I was eating and what I was needing and the difference between that. So that's how I train myself by practice. So I feel for everyone, uh, watching it out there it's very difficult and there are ways and i would be more than happy to get into detail and that's what i also offer to my patients as well when we come to that but first we need to start with why the sense of why and and it shouldn't be aesthetical reasons or you know more of externally oriented to please the whatever but ourselves i want a comfortable journey and for a comfortable journey, the comfort of the vehicle that I'm stuck with, this body, very, will be rate limiting. And out of those, the physical weight I'm carrying, one of the major component of that comfort. Is not that correct? So I start from there. Definitely. And I think that um, a lot of people don't realize the things that we just go mindlessly through our day. Um, and I've been guilty of this myself as well. We go mindlessly oh, through our day. We are not, we are not finger pointing fingers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when you use what things like my fitness pal and I, and I work with some of my clients too, to kind of recognize 
some of the things that they do eat throughout the day because it's easy to, before you know it, you've eaten a whole meal just while you're taste testing your food to see if it's good before it even hits the plate that you're actually going to sit down with your family to eat sometimes. Absolutely. Again, like put a border protector here that anything gets in, tasting or not, I would just include. That's, that's again, but it's along the line. But what I would like to see that, one thing that I believe we should, I should, I would like to mention that it's just brain is all on all or none thinker. We should just think about when people have pounds and pounds of extra weight, they they get demoralized and then because it won't work, they feel like. I would like to tell you this, that first, do you want the, this to change? But not for, you know, because my husband wants this or, you know, I would look more beautiful. It's just it, it wants to have a really core reason. If we can talk about then, if that's the case, if one is committed to do it, there will be a difference. Then we, but we need to start very slowly. It won't be an overnight journey, and depends on what what we need. And if it is above certain level, then you know there may be some extra medical and more invasive techniques. I'm not talking about those, but in general, within you know uh, overweight to to obese BMI of 30-35 ratio, we, we can talk about. But we start, you know. What is the one little step that we can take toward that goal instead of just, you know, I need to lose this 50 pounds, whatever. So but the brain comes and the mind comes into a role that's really important. Who fools us the most in this life? We are the, the, the notorious fooler of ourselves. And then what happens that when we start... Well, it won't work, you know, taking, you know, decreasing my portion or whatever that is, walking five minutes, let's say, it won't work. It will take forever. It won't work. Because the brain, what wants to do is that it just, that's inertia, that it doesn't, it's just all or nothing. So it's trying to fool you. Your mind is trying to fool you to do nothing. Because you can do it all and you cannot lose this 50 pounds tomorrow, why bother? That is how the brain, it's just knowing the common frequently asked questions and common errors of the mind. Those are my thing. Like when, when we are just buying something, we'll, we'll, where we go to? Frequently asked questions and common errors. Let's learn from them. This is one of the most common errors that... Our mind, whenever we're trying to step toward a change, our mind will come that, well, you know, it will take too long. Why bother? I definitely believe that's the same with exercise, too, not just food. Any yes. Change, because change is difficult, change means attraction, and then, and then it's convenient to... I'm not saying that it's comfortable. I'm not saying that it's healthy. I'm saying that it's inertia. It is basic dynamics, you know, by basic mechanics that just staying where they are. We are creatures of habit and inertia. We don't want to change our direction. And mind works that way. Just recognizing is if that that mind is trying to fool us into doing nothing, although incremental change, and there's a math to it. If you change one thing a percent, you know, one percent every day, it will be an exponential. It's a cumulative, cumulative change. And there is there's there's math to that. Another time I can I can show you that it is it is exponential. There will be a tremendous gain. But what will mind separate it and dichotomize it all or none? Since I cannot do it all, why bother? Keep eating as, as we are. But once, if we can, A, just recognizing that this is a common error and I just expecting that and trusting the process will make tremendous change. Slowly but surely, sustainability is the most important thing. That we all know that diets won't work because sustainability is the key, right? Yes, I definitely try to, um, when... I'm talking with my clients and 
you know, I, I ask them what do they want to eliminate from their diet, and then what do they want to add in? Because I want them to choose, um, because I want them to feel successful when they do then eliminate that from their diet and then add something beneficial in, for example. Because again, I can tell them this is not good for your health or this is leading you down a path of destruction or not good. But again, we want them to um, not just have take ownership of it, but I want them to have a, a long-term satisfaction with um, enjoying something um, new, possibly, that they don't normally do. Or... Um, removing something and a lot of times they know what they should be removing for example from from their diet and lifestyle <laughs> again i'm telling that that's it's not lack of knowledge it's just what you know and decision science is really important that's our competitive needs i need to do this but this as well and this is more fun and immediate and it's right here right now why bother to to work on this tremendous uh, goal will require a lot of effort while I can get this right here right now while I'm just this delicious cake is right next to me why bother yes and I and I definitely try to um, get from them what they feel like does not serve them or helps them in their current situation whether it be arthritis or um, if they do want to lose weight, what is that one thing? I want them to choose the item that doesn't serve them any well anymore, and I want them to then pick something that is going to serve them to help them feel better and maybe remove some of that inflammation um, that they currently experience. So that's definitely good. Um, so I would definitely want to touch on sleep before we have to wrap up, because um, I think sleep is a very underrated especially when it comes to brain health. Um, tell us a little bit, because I know that uh, one thing I go over with my clients and people that I know is that I tell people that uh, the brain needs to basically do a car wash when you sleep, and it's the only time it can do it. And you have to sleep a good solid amount of time for your brain to kind of go through this car wash. So if you could kind of touch on that a little bit and what the, the brain does when you sleep or why sleep is so important... That would be great. Wonderful. I like the car wash analogy, and it goes in line with the vehicle that the car that we've been talking about. So that's a good. It's it's a car wash. The car wash happens all the time, but most you know just they they're just maintenance issues that it's more garbage cleaners will come, and if if we are not sleeping well, and then those are dementia, for instance, and and uh, they are called neurodegenerative disorders, like degeneration, neuronal degeneration, basically that certain uh, proteins will come and sit on important parts of the brain and that's that's what's leading to dementia. So we need those clearing up and there are so many studies showing linking sleep uh, disorders to, to, de to dementia. Uh, and also memory formation. We need that, believe me, I, I was on, always on the go and I, I hope that, hey, can we uh, why do we need this? And particularly uh, today's production-oriented, result-oriented uh, life, society said, okay, what, what are we cutting from? We don't cut from our Netflix time. We cut from the sleep, right? Mm -hmm. So it is, and uh, it is like, then it becomes the car race, let's say. It's like the pit stop. You have to stop, and for at least certain time. This is really, really, really important. And sleep is, is a very delicate, complex structure that so many wonderful things happening during, again, car wash, as we saw, memory formation, and then, and then, and then solidation of... of, of um, Healing, basically, a lot of healing happening during during sleep. But sleep is a very complex uh, brain function, and so many people think that uh, even in in in, in medicine, uh, it could be substituted by medications. Medications could put you under, uh, you know, can make you unconscious, a form of anesthesia. But sleep, as I always tell my patients, that Sleep is like 
a snowflake formation. There is no medical pill substitution will give you that. So it's really important that natural sleep for your brain. So there is, again, big and bold, there is no sleep medication, as the name indicates. There are medications that will put you under and make you unconscious, but sleep is a form that is very complex that cannot be deli delivered by medical uh, interventions as of today. That's one thing, really important. And, and brains also, there are so many, again, the body, we need to take it as a, as a unity. That's why functional medicine, looking into the core of the disease, not the cure, what's happening, going into root cause analysis, all those different systems functioning together in harmony, orchestrating, really important. That with sleep, basically checking our biological clock day and night, there are so many neurohormonal, the hormone changes and, and, and chemical balances, uh, checks and balances happening during sleep and, and being on a regular schedule is really important for the harmony and sustainability of this vehicle. Make sense? Definitely. Yes, yes. And I know that a lot of times um, if you don't sleep well, it can impact things like your blood sugar levels too, which people don't always uh, put together. So it can definitely lead to d type 2 diabetes. Um, and Absolutely. That's what I was trying to, exactly, that, you know, try to explain it. At, at night with, the, with the, all those hormonal checks and there's a cortisone that would increase upon awakening and it will change your uh, blood sugar and if, if, that's, if your sleep is erratic then, then, then cortisol levels and, and uh, everything will be out of, and, uh, out of the way as well. Depression, what is depression? There are, there are thousands, thousand roads to depression, like thousand roads to Rome and, and all at the end the outcome uh, maybe the same, but as not all paths are the same, nor should the treatment or approach be. It's really important. And in, 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 in psychiatry, again, there are many political and financial reasons for that. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, but that we keep doing these things because, you know, uh, pill is easier, more convenient for our patients. Procedure is much, take this, you know, change your life is much more difficult than taking a pill. And yes. even taking a pill, we can't do it on a regular basis. You know, what's the compliance rate? Even one pill. So it's just, it's difficult. That's why I wanted to share with, you know, why change is difficult. And I would like to actually educate people more on common errors of the, of the mind so that at least people recognize. Does that make sense? Oh, so absolutely. So, in terms of depression, depression is like, depression can be, should be considered as a symptom, not a disease itself. It's like saying you have chest pain. And mm -hmm. Dr. Amen talked about it so many times, but I'd like to uh, reiterate here as well that uh, there, are, like, there are so many causes for chest pain, there are so many causes for depression. Not every depression is the same, nor should the treatment or approach be. So this Definitely. is really for anxiety. So this is really important. And in terms of diagnosis, how we are diagnosed, we are, again, people are, it's called halo effect, people are taking, patients are taking the approach and pill to cause treatment approach is just starts from more infections that we had what what was making people humanity suffer most up until 500 you know years ago actually even today infections right yes but infections are most of the time one causal agent you name the bug you get an antibiotic, you are done. But you saw, even with COVID, here in this age, how much we, whole humanity, we struggled, correct? Yes. Getting, yeah. 
And one, we've already, and we were much faster identifying the bug. Think about something like, like depression. There are so many causes, and the treatment's anti-cause, depression, anti-depression. That should be too many. But because it's so convenient to take that notion of bug, anti-bug, as if infection, because it saved millions of, it saved the humanity, basically, infectious disease approach, they take it, this, this disease, the uh, pill approach, and, and feel like that, that can be generalizable to every disease. No, it can only be generalizable when there is one cause and we can come up with an anti-cause. When there is, the cause is so vast, then your approach should be as complex as the cause. Yes. Makes sense? Yes, definitely. And unfortunately, I think that many patients, like myself at the time, I'm, I'm no longer on any depression or anxiety meds. I had come off a, a few years ago. After a lot of years, and I, I, I came off very slowly and very gradually because I had been on for so long, um, and I was not in any hurry to do it. I wanted to, but um, I think I was in un, under the mentality, and I think a lot of people are, is that that's the only option we have. And I, I don't think that many people realize that there are other options. And we, like I said earlier, we're not stuck with that diagnosis that we've been giving. As long as, like you said, we get to the root cause and figure out why, what is, what is causing these symptoms, then um, maybe we can reverse or fix the problem so you don't have to suffer anymore. And, and now I don't suffer. So, and those around me benefit a lot better than uh, when I suffered for all of those years. So uh, hopefully somebody else will learn from that, that as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's why you know psychiatry, we and behavior any 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 field that behavioral changes is is part of it that can change generations that because we are social learners and as while you're struggling, your loved ones and whomever your your life is in contact their lives struggle. But when you are learning and changing, we're social learners and we start. Uh, imitating and learning from each other and those you know it's just a network that you know mm -hmm. ripple that just it expands to to health and healing that's really important but I don't I, I want to say that there are some uh, you know there are differences in severity and 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 sometimes I'm I'm no shy and and in, in using medications and actually neuromodulation magnetism electricity uh, brain uh, batteries, if you will, the DBS, VNS, I'm no shy and I, I have the knowledge, I have the practice, but this is really important that the majority is not there and it's not generalizable to everyone. This is really important and what we are missing is the purpose part most of. Why would you do that? And okay, you are in a journey, you're the driver, this is the vehicle, but where are you going? Right? That, yes. That's the spiritual part. Once people, when you don't know where you are going, why would you push the gas? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. But that's part, that should be, and an Amen, Amen model, biopsychosocial and spiritual, that's the purpose part of it. And we need to have the sense of why, and that doesn't come in pill form. No, it does not. But Obviously. again, like you said, it requires a little more work, and people are afraid of the unknown, and I think it is easier just to take a medication. And, and like you said, some people may need it, but I definitely think that, and I know for me, it ended up causing some other side effects, and that's the thing that people don't realize, too, is that side effects are real, <laughs> no matter what the medication is. And we start the medication for the side effect of the medication, then we start another medication for the side effect of the medication that we start for a side effect to begin with, and it goes like that. Mm -hmm. And and cui bono, who benefits at the end, you, you tell me. Okay, so as we wrap up, I always like to ask my guests uh, this question. So um, it's, what is your don't miss this moment um, from our talk today? So it's just one thing that, you know, human bodies being the vehicle that we are stuck with for the rest of our lives and comfort of our journey, 
depending <laughs> upon this, this, the comfort of this vehicle. It's, that will be, don't miss this moment, I guess. I think I do really like that. I, when you phrase that, um, I think it's it's well said, and people can kind of relate and understand to that, you know, because most people have a car or have had a car, um, so they kind of know a lot of the uh, pitfalls, the blessings and curses that come along with going owning a vehicle. And um, if you don't take it for regular oil changes, things are going to happen. If you don't <laughs> get systems flushed every once in a while things are going to happen and you have to have the tires rotated so it's like you said it's the same with our body we need to it's our it's our vehicle that we have and we have to take care of it just like anything else and so i, I like that i like that very important as well uh, and many many and, and particularly maybe women in, in forest your vehicle can look great from outside it doesn't mean that it is comfortable does that mm -hmm. make sense very important it may look thin it may look beautiful but doesn't mean doesn't make that journey comfortable or harmonious this is this is important as well and and this is whole functioning and how what the driver feels inside yes and what the observer sees outside these are different things and there's the and so many things that where do you drive the car what is the climate who are you driving it with right yes definitely well, thank you so much for uh, being on my podcast today and taking time out of your busy schedule to do it. And um, I'm sure that my listeners will uh, get a lot of information from you. And I'll put some links to where they can see you in the show notes. And so thank you very much for being on. And this was delightful. This is my passion. I could talk more. And, and again, I, I would like to, I'm here to, to, to help uh, change lives and make this world a better place for all of us. And that's my purpose. Hopefully I can have you again on someday. I would love to. Let's, let's do it. Okay, great. Pendulum has probiotics that will help heal your gut. Their lineup includes Acromancia, Metabolic Daily, and one called Glucose Control, which is great for anyone wanting to improve their blood sugar levels. And you don't have to be a diabetic to take it. Any of these three probiotics include an important strain of probiotic called Acromancia, which is only sold by Pendulum and is a key component of strengthening your gut lining and gut health. All of their products are clinically studied and third-party tested for quality. Check out all of their products at pendulumlife.com forward slash discount forward slash forgiven or click the link in the show notes. Use code forgiven for 20% off your first month membership. If you want to continue learning and hearing all things nutrition for your mind, body, and spirit, click like, subscribe, or favorite me on whatever podcast platform you use. Or you can find me at ForgivenNutritionist.com. This podcast was designed to educate, inspire, and empower you to achieve your health and wellness goals with your current healthcare provider. It is not meant to diagnose or treat any illness or medical condition or take the place of any treatments from your current healthcare providers.